0: I took great pride, as I got to know Kobe Bryant, that he was just trying to be a better person, a better basketball player. We talked about business. We talked about family. We talked about everything, and he was just trying to be a better person. Now he's got me. I'll have to look at another crime meme for the (laughs) next— I told my wife I wasn't going to do this, because I didn't want to see that for the next three or four years. That is what Kobe Bryant does to me. I'm pretty sure Vanessa and his friends all can say the same thing. He knows how to get to you in a way that affects you personally. When Kobe Bryant died, a piece of me died. And as I look in this arena and across the globe, a piece of you died, or else you wouldn't be here. Those are the memories that we have to live with and we learn from. I promise you, from this day forward, I will live with the memories of knowing that I had a little brother that I tried to help in every way I could. Please, rest in peace, little brother.
1: You're listening to WJY at 98.5 Uptown Radio. You are listening to, officially now, the It Back Radio Show. Unfortunately, my co-host, Corey Hodges, cannot be here. He's experiencing um, a death in the family. Um, all my thoughts and prayers are to my co-host and to my brother. Hopefully, you'll get through it and you always have somebody to support me. But recently, what you were just listening to is was Michael Jordan's uh, brief clip of Michael Jordan's speech to Kobe Bryant's memorial service yesterday for Kobe and Gigi Bryant yesterday. And even even in times of heartbreak and reflection upon losing such a great life and a great influence on and off the court, there's still laughter and a time to bring in somebody that, you know, just to bring in that laugh that, you know, just to make, not all sad things sad but can't believe it's it's been three weeks since his passing and i still can't believe it it's one of the most unreal you know death experiences that i've had my that i've that i personally have witnessed it just came out of nowhere Uh, the circumstances that came with it is unreal and yeah i can't believe it but I'm glad that, you know, everybody was there, you know, people from the Golden State Warriors, Anthony Davis, Shaquille O'Neal, Michael Jordan, uh, Kobe, Kobe, Vanessa Bryant had a very beautiful speech yesterday. Um, she's right now the strongest woman on the planet right now. You know, not only losing your husband, but also losing your daughter at, at the same time is something I could never imagine going through. So Vanessa You're a lot stronger than I am. You're a lot stronger than just about everybody that I could possibly name. And we thank you for those, you know, those kind words and those reflections that you have with your family. However, that being said, you know, we have an hour to talk about the latest topics uh, in sports. It's been a crazy week. Obviously, the memorial services yesterday, but even still then, um, it's been a wild week in sports. Uh, This weekend, it was the deontay Wilder versus tyson fury 2 uh all pulse all-star break is now in full effect full swing uh mfl free agency it's coming it's less than three weeks away we still got the combine coming in and yeah it's a lot of there's a lot of things all coming at once the first thing i want to talk to you about is you know something that's too fresh in the mind uh you know Deontay Wilder versus Tyson Fury. See, I'm not really that big of a boxing fan. Uh, You know, this fight kind of showed me that really how much I've been missing. Never really been that big of a boxing fan. But uh, I'm going to try to do my best, you know, to try to get into it, you know, learn my history. Obviously, Philadelphia has an extremely rich boxing history. So it's up to me as a Philadelphia sports fan, you know, to. Really, you know, dig my claws in to learn about learn about it more, so we can have more of a legitimate and thorough discussion. But my first thoughts on the fight, because this is probably the first fight that uh, I've seen, uh, you know, from start to finish, probably since uh, the Mayweather-Pacquiao fight a few years back, and a lot of people were really upset they had a Pacquiao loss, and everybody keeps saying, you know, Mayweather, you know, he fights like a coward, he's not a real boxer. I'm like, is the purpose? The sweet science of boxing. I at least know this. The sweet science of boxing is the art of not to get hit. Not everything needs to be a knockout. Not everything needs to be a slugfest. Um, it's the art of not getting hit. And the thing that Mayweather does more than anything is he has amazing footwork. Uh, his defenses is good. He's a really good counter puncher. And yeah, a lot of people were just you know just really upset that the fact that that fight took took longer than. What it needed to be five years too late, but you know, to so kind of like you know, bring it up to speed to Wilder and Fury, too. So, all weekend, I've been watching uh, two tapes uh, I've been watching Wilder's fights and also been watching Fury's fights. And then I watched Wilder and Fury, um, uh, the first bout. And the thing about Wilder is is that what people need to realize is that, like, he's, I understand he's undefeated, but he's a power fighter. Um, you know, he's a really good right hand, um, and that's it, like, it's called The Great Eraser, and he's, and, like, when I watch him, I'm just, like, okay, this guy is just, like, he punches, like, like, an angry gorilla, it's, like, once he hits you with that right, like, it's over, it's, like, one of those things where it's, like, it's, like, you know how, like, an anime, like, where you're always, like, where, like, the good guy, like, the protagonist always, you know, is just getting beat down, like, getting beaten up and, like, you look like there's no way out, next thing you know, like, they just pull, like, this one, one specific move to, you know, come out, come out of nowhere and win the fight, that's pretty much what Wilder's style is with that right hand, like, no matter what, no matter how bad it's looking, Wilder could just pull out that right hand and just knock you out, but, like, the more I, I, I watched just about nearly every single one of his, you know, all of his knockouts, but, um, but that's pretty much all he has. He has that one-two punch that, you know, that left that left jab, that left hook, which then comes into him using his right. But then when I watched that first fight with uh, Fury, um, honestly, like, Fury won that fight. Uh, I don't know how it was a draw. I think the only reason why it was a draw was because of the fact that Wilder, you know, got uh, put down Fury on his behind twice. I think that was the time. But the second time, this wasn't the case at all. Wilder was extremely sloppy. Uh, I think, like, ever since he got his ear busted, uh, Wilder went straight to defense. He tried to, you know, use that right, but Fury gave him no opening to use that right hand at all. He kept he kept clinching. Uh, he kept rest-holding on Fury. And, uh, yeah, and my second point is that Fury was the better boxer in real fights. Wilder got to knock, knock Fury down twice. But from the overall... Standpoint of when watching that fight, Fury was the better boxer in both fights. More discipline, better defense, avoiding that right hand as often as he could, excellent bob and weave, good footwork, and yeah, he was the better fighter in both fights. Uh, the second one was more definitive, and I'm not here for any of the excuses that Wilder has. Uh, the costume that was 40 pounds, it... it it, it was too heavy for him, and it took took a beating out of his legs. I'm not trying to hear any of that. Um, then he wants to blame his trainer uh, for, throwing, for throwing the towel. Listen, the purpose of your trainer is to realize that, like, listen, I understand you want to win the fight, but you need to learn that there's going to be another battle for another day. The purpose of a trainer is to make sure that your guy isn't in there taking a— taking a beating longer than he should and the fact that he fired him i think like it's really poor on wilder's part i understand you're angry but here's the thing if you want to fire somebody uh you need to you need to fire all your trainers they gave you no advice they gave you no like advice at all to learn how to counter anything that um that wilder's that fury was doing and honestly, like, you know, Wilder, uh, you know, put in his rematch clause for another fight, which could potentially happen in the summer, but Fury has to accept it. But as far as I'm going, I'm not really interested in seeing a part three of this fight at all. It's. I'm, I'm just not interested. It's. It, it's done. Fury proved that he was the better fighter in both fights. The only reason why it was a draw the first time is because. You know the eraser hit you know fury twice and knocked him down but other than that i'm not interested in seeing you know a third bat you know a third bout of this at all if it's gonna if it's if it's gonna be like this more of the same fury needs to uh wilder needs to mix it up you know go to the gym you know get his footwork better working some combinations that isn't just a one-two setup for that right hand but anyway Um, That's enough for about that fight. Congratulations, Tyson Fury. Um, Thank you for this fight as the reason why I'm officially going to get into boxing. Obviously, there is a lot that I need to learn on that. So uh, let's let's get um, let's get down to business Uh, before we came on the air. uh, Breaking news from Bleacher Reports. It was reported that Steph Curry is will officially be back on Sunday against the Wizards, uh, Shams reports. Um, the, the Warriors, who as of right now, they are the worst team in the Western Conference, uh, is officially making a comeback of the regular season in in early March, as promised. And listen, I know a lot of people think that the Warriors right now, they're 12-45, and 45, they've lost six straights. Um, well, off, well off the playoff contention, but as of right now, they're on pace to get the number one overall pick in the draft uh, in regards to the lottery's concern. But honestly, though, good for Steph Curry. You know, everybody keeps telling them like, well, you need to sit out. Um, you know, these regular games, these these regular season games don't matter. Listen, if, if you're a basketball player, uh, you know, everybody's built differently. Not everybody wants to sit out Uh, You know, even if they're fully healthy, not everybody's, you know, mentally equipped to sit out. They need to go out and do something. Uh, You know, when Zion got hurt, he immediately got back in because he felt like he owed it to his team. He owed it to, you know, Coach K and Duke to go out there and give him 100% because even though he was going to be, you know, the consensus number one overall pick, he felt like for the time being, he owed him, he owed owed his teammates Cam Reddish, he owed him R.J. Barrett to go out there and... You know be there for the march madness tournament and as far as steph curry goes being out that long with a hand injury obviously you don't want to risk you know more injury or more strains but the reality is this um him not playing free gear and then having to work his way up you know next season that's a lot of rust to wear off so him going out there, you know, playing with, you know, Draymond Green, if he's healthy, you know, Jordan Poole, a bunch of other, you know, these, these rookie role play, these rookie young guys. Um, it is real, it's It's going to be good for him. Eric Paschal, Damon Lee, Jordan Poole, you know, the rookie from, I believe, Michigan. Uh, Andrew Wiggins, you know, it's never too early to build, you know, some sort of, you know, cohesion and chemistry, you know, with these guys going forward. Just think about it. Um Curry works off the rust. Clay comes back next year. Uh, Andrew Wiggins is already going to be implemented into the system. You have the number one overall pick coming. You know They may not be an NBA Finals team like next year, like right off the bat, but they have enough assets. And the Warriors do have the championship pedigree, as we saw, which was implemented under Jerry West. To... Like well, during his time there, before he left for the Clippers, that he has the oppor- that the Warriors have the opportunity to you know run the run the basketball league again. Obviously, you have the Clippers and the Lakers in the Battle of Los Angeles. Uh, the Warriors back with Steph Curry with Klay Thompson, the best shooting you know backcourt in league history. And you add Draymond Green, who's you know obviously knows his role. Andrew Wiggins, you know the the brand new twenty four year old um, who really under underachieved a lot, especially for the expectations that he had coming out of that draft as the number one overall pick back in two thousand fourteen. You know, it, you know, change of scenery might be good for him. He's not going to be dependent as the number one option, or even the number two option. Uh, Steve Kerr is a really good coach. He's a good freelancer. He's open to all ideas to put, you know, Andrew Wiggins in the best potential spots in him for, for him to thrive, similar like he did with Steph, similar to what he did with Clay, similar to what he did with Draymond. So I'm actually excited. Um, you know, even though the Warrior season's for a loss, Steph Curry wants to, you know, go out there for those last 15 games or so, you know, to help out his team. You know, to build that build that chemistry, build get that rhythm out. No, it'd be nice. It'd be cool to see. So, honestly, good job, Steph. Uh, I'm proud. I'm proud of you for not just mailing it in like like everybody else is saying you are. But another player that isn't mailing it in, it's obviously it's Bradley Beal. Bradley Beal is the first player since Kobe Bryant to have back-to-back 50-point games. He had 53 the other night, and then yesterday he dropped another 55-point game. Unfortunately, both those games were losses. And this really poses the question that that I really have. Should the the Wizards start fielding offers for Bradley Beal this summer? And I say they should. I said immediately after they extended him that they should start fielding offers for him Around the trade deadline. Um simple as this. They're twenty and thirty six. They lost three straights. They're about four and a half back from the Wizards. The Wizards not the not the Wizards, they are the Wizards. They're eight four and a half back from the Orlando Magic for the A spots. The Magic are twenty five and thirty two. The Wizards are twenty and thirty six. Um Honestly it's like and that goes to my point that like a lot of general managers, they they don't know I feel like a lot of general managers don't know like when to you know accept reality and that they need to pull the trigger and just move on and build for the future. The reality is this: John Wall hasn't played in nearly two years. You're not gonna unless you're gonna get a real unless somebody really wants John Wall, he's gonna be there. And honestly, you're you're better off just keeping him. He's gonna be the face of your, he's the face of your franchise. He's has a two-year hiatus. I think all that time off. I think maybe it might do him good, maybe not. But you can get a really good haul for Bradley Bill. and you know get some young players, get some draft picks. You have a really, you have a really good, you know, young pieces now. Rui Hachimura, David Bertrands, a really good stretch, a good stretch for Thomas Bryant, Troy Brown. You know, get some young pieces. You know, to go ahead and build around. Fire Scott Brooks. Get an actual coach in there. I'm sick and tired of Scott Brooks. And John Wall, and it could just be John Wall and a plethora of young talent, and you know assets to build around. The thing is, is that in the NBA, it's it's a lot different than the NFL. In the NFL, you can retool and you can be a playoff team just right off that. But for as far as the Wizards is going, it's how many years have you tried the John Wall, Bradley Beal, you know ordeal. And it and it hasn't worked. The next logical step is is to break it off, and you're not going to move John Wall because one, the contract, and two, the injuries that he's had. Bradley Beal is a top five shooting guard. He's one of the best shooters, best shooters, best scorers in the game. Um, decent passer and. No, okay, defender. He's not great. He's not going to lock you down like Tony Allen. But you know, I really wish you know some of these you know some of these teams would just accept reality that you know what this isn't working. This is what I need to you know find, retool, and adjust, and you know you know build build a better t- you know build a be- build my team better for the future going forward. The Wizards have a really has a lot of, has a lot of young talent. They can add more to Trey Bradley Bill. I've been saying a Bradley Bill, who the Orlando Magic for like, you know, Mo Bamba, uh, like a Evan Fournier, who's another shooter, and like a bunch of draft picks uh, would be beneficiary to them. They have a bunch of draft picks. Uh, Mo Bamba is not going to get developed under the bench, under Nikolai Vucevic. And then you add another shooter in there in the Shooters League for John Wall to, you know, facilitate the offense. You know, you have him. You have Bertrand's also shooting. I think Kuchimaru... I think Hachimura is going to be a really good, a really good, you know, contributor to the league. But yeah, it's it's time for it's time in DC that you have to pull the plug. And yeah, it's it's time to pull the plug in uh, in in Washington. This time, uh, hold on, hold on. We have a caller. Hello. Um, uh, hello, hello, um, hello, and uh, welcome to. Um, you're listening to WJYN 98.5 Uptown Radio. Uh, may I ask who's calling? Okay. Um, yeah. Welcome to the show. Um, can you tell your name for the audience? Okay. Tula, welcome on. Um, So, yeah. So, um, so, so tell us a little bit about yourself. Okay, and speaking of the Raptors, they're 42 and 15 right now. They just got off the heels of a 14-game win streak. You know, you know, this is the first year without Kawhi Leonard. They're the defending champs, and everybody thought that you know they were going to take a massive hit, myself included. So, how confident have you been about you know the Toronto Raptors' play so far? I've been pretty confident actually. Um, I've been trying to
2: watch at least a few games here and there just to keep up, still, because I don't have time to watch every game what I can watch and what I'm seeing we are definitely a very good team and a little bit shocked like you said before without Leonard there but like I've been I've been very confident in Toronto um, I know I've been oh it's getting close to the playoffs it's getting like March now coming up so I've been trying to kind of predict on how that would work out for the playoffs coming up soon as well who we'd actually face and of course the 76ers are pretty much up there too so you never know because you guys have been pretty much up there as well unfortunately but okay um, uh, so like my rivalry is kind of coming in there a little bit, but, um, and all in all, I feel like Toronto's going to be very, very good for the next few years, honestly, to be fair. We're doing really, really well, considering the last how many years I've been watching we've been just doing awful, and I'm just so happy that we're finally
1: getting on top of things now. All right. Um, so... yeah so you guys also face milwaukee tonight um uh, so personally uh how do you feel about milwaukee and especially Giannis, who's who's been on a massive tear and is basically on pace to become a back-to-back mvp first of all that guy is pretty i mean come on now milwaukee nah. <laughs> um honestly
2: like i mean hopefully I can watch the game tonight i probably wouldn't be home till probably like seven o'clock so i'm really hoping I can watch the game i mean it's all later on anyway um i feel pretty confident honestly with milwaukee tomorrow i actually Giannis is actually really good and of course chris do you know what his background is
1: yeah he's greek uh, that's why that's they call him a greek freak I well of course i'm greek freak i'm just asking you anyway just because i yeah. want you um, oh my goodness. Okay, I'm sorry. I can't say that. Anyways, um. On call. <laughs> uh, oh my god. I'm kind of getting a little nervous being on a, on a guest
2: show right now. I haven't been on a guest show in years.
1: It's fine. So Take it's a really deep like- breath. It's fine. Take a deep breath. Okay, so the last post I on, on the
2: show like this was in Canada when I was talking about the Canadian Football League, and of course, you know, of course, Americans—not all of them, including you—like don't follow a lot of CFL. It's fine, but like that was the last time I was actually on a guest show or on a talk show. Was actually talking about the CFL, so that was my last time, and that was like seven or eight years ago. So it's kind of like a little nerve-wracking being on one right now. But I mean,
1: I'm I'm doing fine, so it's all good. Okay, so um, obviously um, you're so you're from Winnipeg, um, so. Obviously, you're also a Winnipeg Jets fan. They were here on Saturday against the Phillies. They obviously they lost, but right now they're still in the uh, they're still in the wild card picture in the Western Conference. Uh, you're a point behind Arizona. So, how do you feel about Winnipeg's chances of you know making the NHL playoffs? The playoffs? It's, it's pretty scary. It's, it's,
2: it's worrying right now, um, just because we're very inconsistent. Our defense isn't that. Tell. we don't have all defense defensemen, but like we we just signed Cody Egan uh, from the Las Vegas Golden Knights just to help us out too a little bit um and hopefully that does help the next few weeks or so so we can get our defense back on the you know in there because we have not been showing up at all It's been like one game good one game not good it's like we can't have that if you want to make the playoff make play a spot, then you've got to keep winning the game and so we're not doing that it does not, and i it's, it's the thing is, like, we have a chance to be in the third spot, in the wild card. Mm-hmm. But like I said, it's still it's a little worrisome. As and this, i speaking for all the Jets fans right now as well. A lot of Jets fans that I know and speak to, we're all worried about it. But of course, we just keep, you know, pulling it through. We can keep playing the games, and we can get through. And of course, look at the other games, the other teams in there, like Dallas, Nashville. Like, if they keep going up, then we're not going to do well at all. Because we can't let them win either. If they win, then we're not going to – we got. We can't have them win. Yeah, like
0: I've Dallas
2: been... right now, they have 78 points, and we're, like, almost 10 points underneath them. Mm-hmm. And we two points per. We get two points per game. So, like, if we can keep winning the next four or five games, we can squeeze that spot back, and Dallas can go
1: back underneath us. But okay. it's kind of a toss-up now. Right Okay, I watch enough okay, I watch hockey, you know, from time to time, but I really don't fully still understand yeah. the playoff picture. So like seating wise, how does this work?
2: Okay, so let's go back to let's start with the so right now you guys are so Philadelphia. Yes. Let's start with that. Wait, let's go to the conference right now. Let's go to that.
1: Okay.
3: So
2: right now it's the Eastern Conference and Philadelphia is number five right now in the seat right? grade, Like in the current spot. The fifth. Or fifth spot. Yes. So we have yeah. So we have the first eight teams. Obviously, used to be where it was like basketball, where it used to be the first, first eight, second, first seven, third, first six, and all that kind of thing. Um, now they have changed in a couple of years to where the top three teams each division. Let's
1: go to the let's go to the divisions on first. Okay. Let's Metro- go with the Philadelphia, so the Eastern Metropolitan. Yeah, so the, yeah, let's go with that. So okay. In Philadelphia, you have to have three wild card teams. Two, sorry, two wild cards. Oh my God, now we're like, you know, it makes me nervous right now. Sorry. It's fine
2: <laughs> Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay, so So basically what it is is the top three teams And division go through so you for example the one fake Jets It would have to be in the top three to go through Now of course you have right now. Let's go with the team, the Western Central It's St. Louis Blues. It's Colorado yeah. And it's Dallas right now currently in the top three. Um, so obviously in order to go through, that's the in the top three of a division, correct? Yes. Now, if you're on the top three, then you're screwed. You are not in there. You have to be the top three to even go, go through. Um, that's in each one. So let's go. Let's just go back. Eastern Atlantic. Who is? It's Boston, Tampa Bay, and Toronto. Okay, right. Then you have Washington, Pittsburgh, and Philly. So Philly's still up there. You're still squeezing in. Okay, then you have the Western Central, which is St. Louis, Colorado, and Dallas. Um, And the Western, you have the Vegas Golden Knights, Edmonton Oilers, and Vancouver, which is kind of weird, because you're not, I'm not used to seeing a lot of Canadian teams in the playoffs like this. It's actually really weird, but it's also really cool at the same time. Um, And then Philadelphia hasn't really been that great lately either, so it's like, oh, wow, they're kind of coming up there. Um... So then you have the, sorry, the two wild cards are Calgary, Arizona, and then you have New York Islanders and Columbus Blue Jackets in the Eastern.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Like I said, it has to be basically the two out, the, the three teams and the two teams, and then basically, I guess, it's really hard to explain this. I am very nervous. Okay. Um, <laughs> um, I just, what I want to say right now, quickly, before I continue, is that I actually really wish that we had top eight of each conference still like we have with the NBA right now where we have the first, first eight, second, first seven because it's just easier for me to even remember yeah. that way, to be fair with you guys just because, like, it's easy and then now it's like it's the go through the wild card team, the top two teams, this, the top two teams, and Eastern, blah, blah, blah and it's just like a little bit of a mix and match kind of thing, like, everything should be the same, NBA is easy to figure out, NHL, the last two years they've changed it, so it's a little harder you know, remember and explain it
0: but I do
1: know that okay. I really hope to go back to the other system. That's all okay. Have all, right. So <laughs> all right. So basically, all right. So basically, the Flyers and Pittsburgh, they're both in the Metropolitan, and they will face yep. and they will face off each other in the first round, the twos and the threes, and, like, each yep. division will take on the first round, and Washington will take on um, the worst wildcard team. Washington Capitals, yeah. So basically, yes. So
2: they're number one right now was Washington Capitals number one in
1: the and then Boston the Boston be other number one team as well. Okay. Both would be taking off those two teams yeah that's well. weird. Um I'm I'm so used to the uh like the like the NBA format so like coming here that's like watching they, how, like is there a reason why they changed it? <laughs> Honestly that's a good question. I'm not entirely sure. I think well well what happened was so
2: they added Vegas right which is not much of a difference. They added Vegas when they come to the team years ago they came and became a team. Yeah. I'm not sure if that may have slightly affected anything, but I don't even know if they did change it before Vegas came. i have to pour into that. But I do know that, like you said before, I don't I'd much rather have it as the NBA format. i always remembered it that much more clear, and it's not as confusing for me as the hockey fan as well. Because, like, yes, I may know in the schemes of, like, the, the basic thing of how, yeah, what team plays who and everything, but as far as I always every year, Christopher. I always have to look it up every other The last couple I go look it up and say, "Hey, who's the wild card team here? Who's this team here? I got to figure out the matchups. You know what I mean? Just to confirm that I'm actually getting it right. Because even to this day, I'm still like kind of like, okay, I get the Winnipeg Jets to like the second team right now. They play this team, right? But like last year, it was. The Cause they were like the 8th or like the one of the really sh- not like the worst team in the league one of the worst teams in the league last year um, they came back and then they were like the LA Kings again, the LA Kings they won uh, a few years back or so and they were the 8th C T team they won the whole, the whole cup and then St. Louis Blues came out of nowhere had a really bad streak going on and they had a really nice winning streak going on afterwards in January of last year and they started winning the games and then they started winning the cup so, like, they were not even elected to quit. They were like the sweet
1: for a long, long, long time. Okay. And, of course, wouldn't the opposite, so. Yeah. Uh, Tula, one last question before I let you go. Um, so, who do you believe is the favorite from like, each conference? Oh, dear. <laughs> First of all, unfortunately, I
2: have to pick St. Louis for mine, Because like, for, for my division. They've been doing way too good. I mean, they've had a little of a, kind of not a great spot lately. They've been kind of going in and out. They have been doing great lately, but I still feel like they're on top of their, their game there. They're still winning
1: the game. St. Louis has won for the uh, Western Central. They won four straight. Um, as far as the Eastern Atlantic goes,
2: um, I still, I feel like Toronto could speed up and they can win. But I think Boston can definitely do, do that one for sure. They could probably win that one that's a tough one because toronto toronto is like it's fear because toronto is still kind of beneath them all but if they can just kind of win more maybe they can i kind of hope they win. Don't, i don't mind toronto at all um let's go with the let's go with the i don't know i would probably say washington actually number one number
0: one team right now is washington Capital yeah
1: So a Capitals Blues Finals, okay. Um, Tula, thank you. Um, yes, that might be the finals. <laughs> All right, sounds great. Uh, Tula, thank you for you know calling in, you know teaching me and you know the rest of the people listening on WJYN ninety eight point five Uptown Radio, the Running Back Radio Show, some hockey, and uh, we look forward to you know if you're interested again to so calling back in and teaching us more. We'll, we'll call back when the NFL is back. How about that? i can talk about nfl next time oh that's great we actually have uh, an nfl free agency special coming uh next month Uh, um it's actually going to be on the eve before free agency so oh good 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 that's great all right it's all about the colts and that so let's do it all right all right thank you so much for having me no problem take care all right and this is the first we actually talked about hockey on the running back radio show i'm learning a lot today honestly you know, first I'm learning a lot about boxing now. I'm going to learn a lot more. And uh I learned a lot I learned a little bit about the uh the weird playoff seedings um uh, regards to um you know, the NHL, but I really like Yeah, it's going to be fun. Uh Flyers are really good. Um uh, they really have a good stud uh goalie and Carter Hart and uh you know, the captain Claude Giroux, you know. He a lot of people don't like him, a lot of people don't you know, want to trade him, but you know, he's, he's really turned it around. They, ever, they had a really strong trade deadline. So, you know, hopefully they'll be able to, uh, you know, get that monkey you know, off their back and they're able to, you know, make some noise this year in the playoffs. It's been a while. The Flyers haven't been to the, you know, Stanley Cup Finals since 2010. So, hopefully, you know, a lot of people think, you know, the Sixers are next after the Eagles won the Super Bowl uh, a few years ago. You know, maybe the Flyers could sneak up. You know, because in regards to that, it's um, it's it's never about, you know, the best teams is about, you know, who gets, you know, who gets hot at the right time. And speaking of getting, you know, hot at the right time, um, you know, obviously free agency is going to be coming up. Oh, and guess what? We have another caller. Um, hello, you're on WJYN 98.5 Uptown Radio. I'm good. Um, can you tell yourself to the audience who you are?
3: Oh, uh, my name is Old uh, Warren, I'm a friend of Chris's. I'm also a uh, watcher, a listening to, to your radio show.
1: Uh, once again, thanks for the support, man. No problem, man. No problem. Yeah. Um. You know, you just missed it. Uh, I talked about the uh the Wilder Tyson Fury fight. You know, this this that pretty much is the fight that's gonna get me to actually start watching. You know, more boxing, learning Vanneston. Uh, I just had my friend, uh, Tula, she actually made our call all the way down from Winnipeg, you know, to talk about, you know, the hockey playoffs. And uh, now we're going to dive right into the NFL. Uh, free agency is, you know, less than a month away. There's actually reports now out in Carolina that Cam Newton is projected to stay in Carolina under new head coach Matt Rule. So uh, what are your thoughts? Do you think uh, this is the right move for Carolina?
3: I've been following him since his Auburn run for so the last 10 years or so. So, I mean, I always thought he was forever linked to, Robert, to Ron Rivera, Riverboat Ron. Yeah. I always thought that he got along with him and he, and his, him, that relationship, they always went to bat for each other. And I felt like him leaving, I thought it would rattle Cam to the point where he might want to see elsewhere. But if they, but, it's tricky because Carolina, it, it, it's predominantly been a Cam Newton led offense. If Cam Newton's not making plays, that team's not good. I mean, I mean, well, let me rephrase that. The defense is good, but the offense ain't good. It's Cam Newton or Bust. And I guess they, they tried the experiment. They got QC, they got two quarterbacks, and they realized Cam is probably the safer option. If, if I'm Cam, I try it for a year or two. See how playing with Christian and try to get, like, a tight end in the draft or or see how your receiver core can do. But if not, I'd leave.
1: Yeah, they have a really good – they have actually a lot of good young weapons for, you know, Matt Rule in his first year. You know, Curtis Samuel, DJ Moore. Unfortunately, Greg Olsen left, but, you know, it's time to, like, get young. You know, a, a new change of scenery, a new identity. You know, I always I always say that in regards to you know a lot of players in sports, whether it be football, basketball, baseball, whatever, that you know a change of scenery, you know a new change of direction, you know might be you know that change of that new breather of fresh air might be something that whether like a coach, whether it be like like Andy Reid going to Kansas City and finally getting over that hump, or like I thought
3: Andy Reid going to Kansas City was probably the best move. I think he, I think he he, he did all he could do in Philadelphia. And he just – he came to a really great organization that has, like, really good weapons. And he got Patrick Mahomes, and that's, like, the greatest thing since, since Brady and
0: Law, so.
1: Yeah. Yeah, so, like, you know, Carolina – they're not strapped for talent Um, for, for that offense. You know, you still have Christian McCaffrey, who also, you know, had probably – their defense, I worry about. They yeah. lost Luke, and I understand
3: why he left. But, man, losing Luke is
1: – Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of, do you think, um, you know, this 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 trend, like, obviously you're seeing, like, a lot of players, like, retiring now, you know, under the at the, before the age of 30. We've seen Andrew Luck do it. Um, now we're seeing Luke Kuechly do it. Uh, Navarro Bowman did it. Not Navarro Bowman. Patrick Willis have done it. Um, do you think this is going to be, you know, more of a norm going forward? Like, these players are not just going to, like, you know, go through all this, you know, grind of, like, 16 and now potentially a 17-game series.
3: It's crazy. I think what Marshawn Lynch said was valid. He said, protect your chicken, protect your body. And I think athletes are now starting to understand their own mortality yeah. in playing football, especially with the position you play. You only realize that like running backs is like the shortest shelf life they're going to have. Wide receivers are going to take a lot of hits. QBs are going to get concussions because they're going to hit people. And people just realize, like, I got families, you know. They don't. And then they have the money because, you know, the... You know, like 20, 30 years ago, you're not getting paid. You know, Dak Prescott, he can finish this contract that Dallas gets him or somebody else. And he probably retires from the game like 27, 28 because he's financially stable. He doesn't have to take those hits. He's done enough in his career where people can respect it. You know, I think athletes just, they're more, they're more person-centered and they're less team-centered. And I think that, to an extent, is a good thing because at the end of the day, you know, Like like everything, it's a business. When you're useless to them, they let you go. So might as well retire and protect what left of my body I have left, than let the organization I gave my whole career to
0: pretty much leave me in the dark.
1: Absolutely, and um, I think you're now seeing it now more in the NFL because like the NBA is like you know LeBron is like has been like you know the poster child. For for, for, for you know, that players first, like, myself movement first. Then now you saw with Kawhi Leonard on his way out um, on San Antonio. And now, like, on the Clippers, they have, like, a low management plan. But, like, there's a plan in place. And now you're seeing NFL players, you know, do it. And unfortunately, like, for Andrew Luck, for Luke Keekly, they're, like, generational talents. And it's like you don't want to see him goodbye. But, like, from what, they un- from what they endure for a 16-game season, especially Luke Keekly, the amount of concussions that he had for Andrew Luck, just realizing that, like, I'm sick and tired of, like, you know, getting hurt and, like, having to rehab myself for weeks on end only to coming back to keep keep getting re-injured again. Um, but, yeah, so, like, props to these players, like, understanding, you know, not only their worth but realizing that, you know what, they're just things bigger than just, just football. Because Andrew Luck, he, he went to Stanford and, like, you know, no dummies go to Stanford. And, like, even if, if Andrew Luck is, like, even itching to come back, I'm pretty sure, you know, the Colts are always going to have an open door. And, you know, even Andrew Luck's father, who's, you know, in charge of the XFL. Uh, I'm pretty sure, like, you know, he'll have a home there. Or was that day? I'm not sure. But anyway, um, so uh, free agency is going to be coming. You know, it's a star-studded cast. Uh, Tom Brady is going to be testing free agency for the first time. A lot of good running backs, Austin Eckler, Melvin Gordon, um, Derrick Henry, A.J. Green. Uh, so you're a Chicago fan. You're from Chicago. Um, any any free agents you, you have in mind in particular that you want Ryan Pace to go after?
3: Yolo. Oh, let's just go for Brady for two years. I don't even care. Uh, I, mean, I mean, if that was like really my like my half serious pick, it's probably get a new quarterback. And I don't even. And I don't even hate Mitch Trubisky, but it's just more so like, okay, this is what. My- Year four now, or and I don't, I don't, I don't know what to think of him, and that's very concerning for my starting quarterback. That I don't really have a definite opinion because he has moments where he's great when he, when they let him play and he can air the ball down the field and he can use his legs to make plays. Mr. Trubisky's a pretty—he he shows why, to an
0: extent, he was chosen number two in the draft.
1: So, do you think Trubisky's struggles are more of so like his poor mechanics or like uh, Matt Nagy?
3: I just feel like they don't trust each other. And that's what it really boils down to. I think Matt Nagy's a pretty good coach, but they don't trust each other. Because you see, you see, if you if you watch the Chicago game, they have terrible play calling. They run a lot of screens, and they run the ball, get like two, three yards, run a screen, three and out. The reason why we're bottom five in the league offensively and why we were a top 10 defensive team and ironically speaking, if we were league average in points, like at 22 a game, then that would and we apply that to all of our teams, we'd be like a 10, 11, 1 team. But our offense is pitch poor. It, it, they play this pinky, rimsey, and once your bisci start, you know,
1: moving and makes that's when start winning games toward the end of the season. And they
3: don't. And for whatever reason, I don't understand why he doesn't trust his quarterback.
1: Well, it's well. You got to think that Trubisky was drafted number two, and like his coach before then was John Fox. So like Nagy came in and adopted Mister Trubisky. So like the thing is, is that when it comes to coaches and like quarterbacks, is that you, the, you need to make sure that like if you're drafting a guy, the coach that you bring in is going to be all in on the guy that you have under center. If not, this is not going to work out. My the thing is, is that. It, it The biggest prime example I saw was in Tennessee. Uh, two big examples. One first one was in Tennessee in regards to Jeff Fisher and Vince Young. Titans were all in on Vince Young. Jeff Fisher wanted absolutely nothing to do with Vince Young. He literally tried everything he can to make sure that he wasn't played. And I wasn't even that big of a Vince Young fan. I'm still bitter. Back then, I was a USC fan. So... Having him watch, having to watch him, you know, ruin, you know, the great run that Reggie Bush, Lendo White, Matt Leinart had, you know, it kind of ran a bitter taste in my mouth, and I'm like, you know what, I hope he fails. But, you know, just watching him, watching him getting benched for Kerry Collins, Billy Volick, a bunch of other these guys who had no business, you know, starting over him. And the one thing that really stuck to me was that the Titans were, I believe, either 2-6 and six or 2-8. and eight. And then as soon as they put Vince Shunk in that lineup right next to Chris Johnson, they started winning games, and they finished the season eight and eight. Uh, the second example was RG three and uh, RG three in Washington. Mike Shanahan, uh, Kyle Shan- Mike Shanahan, Kyle Shanahan. They wanted nothing to do with RG three. They wanted Kirk Cousins. So Dan Snyder and you know the general manager at the time wasting all those picks to bring in a guy that the coach didn't want was going to be a recipe for disaster. So like for for you guys, uh, this is going to be the telling year. I don't. I think, I don't think that's you guys, no yeah. I like, I'd have to get like, no, what you said,
3: everything you said was absolutely correct. I I feel like I was like, because, you know, it, it reflects me. Because I'm like, like, year prior, you wanted a division. And, you know, I'm just where we go, but that's not a here or there. Congratulations. Um, like, then we regressed, so my, I was like, i was i was i was so confused i also didn't like that we didn't play any like offensive players in the preseason i thought that was i mean i'm iffy on it it's like i get it i get i, mean, I get players like nah i don't want to do it then you know team chemistry sucks yeah playing and, balls, and the funny
1: thing is is that like i literally tried to like i think you were also including this i tried to tell bears fans i'm like listen you guys went 12 and four but Listen, Green Bay had a really down year. Aaron Rodgers is not going to stay down for long. The Vikings, you know, they just missed the playoffs. You know, they're going to be feeling some type of way about that, too. So, like, you guys play in a really tough, you guys really in a really tough division. Even the Lions with all their injuries, you know, they're still going to go out and give you a fight. And I'm like, listen, if you don't got a quarterback, if you don't got that Deshaun Watson, if you don't got that Patrick Mahomes, you know, as quarterback, you know, it doesn't really matter how talented your defense is. It's like we haven't seen, you know, a great defense being able to consistently carry out a team year in and year out without some sort of, you know, offense to, you know, back them up by.
3: Yeah, you're valid because I always told people, I said, hey, hey, man, like, we won 12 games. Like, I, I always told people, I was never worried about the defense. I was like, defense is give up. Top five, top ten points. Cool. They're going to always give us a chance. Offensively, I'm like, Trubisky, you need to take this leap. I'm just sitting yeah. here like, I don't like year you know, one, year two. I've taken my own year three. Now I'm the same way as I am in year one. Like, what is he going to be? And, like I said, the, the relationship between Nagy and Trubisky is weird because we won a division the first year Nagy got there. Then we went, what, 8 eight second
0: second year? Yeah. And it's just like, Year three, I'm gonna give him, I'm gonna give him three years. I'm
3: gonna, but at some point, you either gotta trust the man, find somebody else, or trade Trubisky. And I don't think Trubisky has a high trade value. But at some point, you gotta figure this out. Both of y'all.
1: I did a Q and A article um, earlier this week, and you know the Bengals are you know trying to auction off Andy Dalton somewhere into an ideal situation. Would would you be interested in having Andy Dalton as a backup, like 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 a Ryan Tannehill situation, like Tennessee this year? You know, you have a guy like you know who's been a former uh, three time Pro Bowl quarterback, took his team to the playoffs, even though they never won it. But like you know, give that you know give Mr. you know that extra fire. It's like listen, you, you 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 need to you need to shape up. Otherwise, you know we're just gonna put this we're gonna put Andy Dalton in there.
3: Okay, for starters, I have to say Marvin Lewis deserves to be Hall of Fame for his
1: level of finesse. Like, just on finesse of alone, Hall of Fame, first ballot. I got to sign up, sign me up today. <laughs> but, <laughs> like, Andy Dalton. Yeah, Andy Dalton, man. Um, nah, I, you know, I, I, it was a I I'm trying
3: to, because his numbers are really similar to somebody else that people consider elite. He was just the AFC version of him. I don't think Andy Dalton's terrible. I just think Andy Dalton just needs to leave Cincinnati, just needs to leave Cincinnati. Especially with AJ Green. What, what what incentive did you have to play this season? If you're Andy Dalton. I mean AJ Green was your bailout. No bailout. You know. But yeah. I yeah. I mean, it
1: wouldn't be no worse if he like, like I said, know, like maybe maybe a change of scenery for Andy Dalton might be a good thing. You know, Matt Nagy, you know, under that Andy Reid coaching tree, might might do wonders under there. Kind of like a Ryan Tannen situation. But, like, I think the biggest thing for Chicago was that you have a really good running back in David Montgomery, give that kid 15 to 20 carries, period, and just, you know, just let it rock. You have a really good wide receiver in Allen Robinson, Taylor Gabriel's gone, but, you know, you have a really good, you know, wide receiver tandem now and Anthony Miller and Allen Robinson so like you guys huh yeah that's true but you guys have a a really good young a lot of young talent you know losing Akeem Hicks last year um, might really put a dent in your offense especially in your running game but you know you guys have the talent to bounce back Um, you know it's, it's up to Ryan Paces now to like you know fine tune and like try to you know try to make this work
3: I you know, it's funny. Show that. Yeah, and I always think of Matt Forte, and I always get so mad because we trusting Jay Cutler. So we gave Jay Cutler too much freedom, too much freedom. Like we, like Forte, he he like the first ten carries, he like sixty yards. Then not let Cutler throw like eighteen out of the next twenty passes, and then we then we're down by ten. Cutler has a great they go back to the one game. Now I'm like, why? Why are you doing this? And that's Chicago's all they do. They abandon the run when they want either one. they either they start off hot or they get frustrated by like it'd be like five carries, two yards, you they know, abandon the run. And that's the one thing I hate about Chicago coaching for years. They don't care about the run. They always want to win with the air arm. And don't get me wrong, it's a it's
1: a it's a quarterback's league. But and which is funny is because Chicago's, you know, trademark is, you know, smash mouth. Smash mouth, no holds bar def- defense and powerful running. But I guess yeah. it's the ghost of I guess it's the ghost of Walton Payton. <laughs> but yeah, um, Oh, go go ahead. I'm sorry. No, because I was saying when you look at Forte's numbers, you're like, okay, he had like like ten like, like six, seven thousand yards
3: seasons, you know. He was a good receiving back. Couldn't have fifteen hundred yards. That's just how
1: good he was and how we didn't care about the offense like that. We just like color. And I get it. You know, we had Jeffrey and Marshall
0: and company, but... Okay. One last question
1: before I let you go. Give me a bold prediction for, like, the free agency period. It could be, you know, a free agent signing. It could be a trade. Uh, Just just give me something. A bold prediction that you think is going to happen. Because to me... The NFL free agency, aka the legal tampering period. It this is my Christmas. This is like my second Christmas, and like, like I want, I want to hear your predictions. I want to hear like all my fans' predictions.
3: Um, Brady stays. Hmm. I get Belichick doesn't want him there anymore. And it's pretty evident because he was a, because Belichick was pissed when Jimmy G left. That's what he's been grooming to replace Brady. I just think they got to a point where they just can't like. They can't be together no more. And Brady realizes I've given all of my talent to you.
1: Yeah.
3: And you guys didn't appreciate me enough. And as much as I hate Tom Brady, he's the greatest quarterback of all time. And I'm saying this on media like the world can you know this. I was always a Peyton Manning fan. And he got a lot more slack, but that's not here or
1: there. Okay.
3: Tom Brady, despite all of that, Rosen Craft and Tom Brady have a great relationship. And I think Brady's like you, um, unless he's somewhere like LA, where like it, where like you know his wife and you know wants to go in for like the kids and it's a great lifestyle, cool. But I don't see Brady leaving New England. I think he's doing this to build drama, to build drama, to build drama, and then he says, despite all the hardship, I'm gonna finish my career as a Patriot. And will get the light
1: full of watching where everybody loves him for him. Okay. And uh, I'll leave you this with a bold prediction. Tom Brady is going to be a Las Vegas Raider. I want to see this John Gruden, Tom Brady, you know, circus in Las Vegas under those bright <laughs> lights to start the season. It is going to be amazing. It is going to be fun. I cannot wait for that first fail drive. And those two are just going at it. It is going to be must-see television all year long for the, all the wrong reasons.
3: Because Brady said, he'd be you to eat for the first time in school, we used to fail it a lot. Yeah. Oh, man. You know what? I came money to see it. I came up to see it. If that happened, man, i like, I don't know. I have to, I have to, like, send you something. Just send you a package
1: because I'd call you a suit stair. <laughs> All right. Anyway, um, Warren, thanks again, you know, for calling the show. You're always welcome to call in. You know, as well as everybody else, uh, WJYN ninety eight point five Uptown Radio. So uh, take care, that. take care, man. All right, and yeah, definitely. That is my biggest prediction for this offseason. You are going to see Tom Brady in the silver and black. Part of me, part of me wishes they didn't move from Oakland, man. It, them being Oakland is like. That's them, but you know what? I'm, I'm excited for them. You know, them going to Las Vegas. It's, you know, I, I've seen I've seen the golden helmets. I, I've seen the, the, that new black spherical stadium that they had building in Vegas. It's really nice. And you know, Oakland. You know, they went seven and nine this year. I believe a plus three win total from there in the year before after they traded Khalil Mack. But you know, I think Oakland's going to go in the right is going in the right direction. They have two first round picks. If they get Tom Brady, you know, you have a decent offensive line. You have a really good uh, young running back in Josh Jacobs. Tyrell Williams, you know, not a not a number one wide receiver, but, like, you know, you get somebody like CeeDee Lamb or Jared Judy or, like, a T Higgins if you want to, like, you know, win your bet. Oh, who am I kidding? There's, like, three rounds, first three rounds worth of wide receivers. This is, like, the deepest wide receiver draft that in, like, NFL, potentially NFL history. So, like... You can get you can get your fill. You know, Darren Waller's also coming in. Max Crosby, you know, came in. Uh, become a real good sack expert. But can you just imagine Oakland and like how better off they would have been if they didn't take Colin Farrow and took Josh Allen? You know what? But you know, we we look. well, you know what part of me kinda wishes the multiverse here, you know, was accessible because there's a multiverse right now where the Sixers didn't take Jaleel Oak Okafor. And we got D'Angelo Russell instead. And I'm happy. But anyway, um, as far as that goes, that's my biggest, you know, free agency prediction right now. You know, Tom Brady is going to be an Oakland Raider. I want to see this happen. I want to see him and John Gruden, you know, just be butting heads. You know, if it works, it works. Uh, you know, both those guys are old school; those old, you know, early mid two thousands. You know, you know styles. You know, they're probably going to bring out the best in each other. I want to see this happen. I want to see Tom Brady in a situation, even though he's like forty two, be forty three when the season starts. You know, try something new. You know, you know. Obviously, he has nothing to prove, but I feel like the NFL will be better off you know, if he, you know, does try something new because him leading a young local team with Josh Jacobs, Tyrell Williams, a potential first-round wide receiver and a young defense and a really tough and improving AFC West, you know, the Super Bowl champion Chiefs, you know, you have the Chargers that are rebuilding. Denver is, you know, going to be building their defense under Vic Fangio and they have their guy Drew Locker, Cortland Sutton, and they're also in the market of potentially getting a wide receiver in their first round. They're also... So, yeah, it's going to be fun. Free agency, I can't wait. We're going to have a big free agency you know, show uh, less than a month from now. But in the meantime, you've been listening to WJYN, Uptown Radio 98.5. You've been listening to the Running Back Radio Show. And I am signing off. Stay tuned. Take it easy.